Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. There's the disclaimer. And good evening, everybody. Welcome to Financial Sense, a call about personal finance from a younger person's perspective, sponsored, uh, co-sponsored by ACB Next Generation and Penny Forward. I am Chris Peterson. I'm the founder and CEO of Penny Forward. Penny Forward is a nonprofit organization that provides accessible and affordable personal finance education to people who are blind and deafblind. And you can learn more about the kinds of things we offer, including our online courses and our weekly members-only group chats and the one-to-one coaching that you can get access to by joining us by visiting our website at pennyforward.com. If you'd like to sign up for a membership, you can do that either by paying $9 a month or $99 a year, which gives you one month free. And by the way, we like the number nine. And you can do that at pennyforward.com slash membership. And if you have any trouble with that process or have any questions about what you might be getting or who we are or just want to talk to us before you take the leap, you can call our 800 number. It is 888-332-5558. I think that might be the first time on this call that I am giving out our 800 number. So I'm going to do it again in case anyone missed it the first time. It's 888-332-5558. This call is being recorded as all ACB community events are. It is also being streamed on ACB Media 5 and will be available as an ACB Media podcast later on. So check out acb.org for all of those things. Brief note about ACB Next Generation. ACB Next Generation is a special interest affiliate of the American Council of the Blind, focusing on uh, supporting members who are ages 18 to 40. Though there is a supporting membership class for those of us who are a little bit older than that, It's a great affiliate, and uh, I hope you will uh, go and and, uh, join up and support them, whether you are 18 to 40 or older. I know that uh, I would have liked to have had an affiliate like that when I was too old and no longer a student, but uh, still felt very young compared to a lot of the other ACB members that I interacted with when I was in my 20s and 30s. So uh, their website, if you want to check them out, is acbnextgeneration.org. Um, a few uh, a few kind of news items or noteworthy items uh, related to things that we're doing at Penny Forward. We just released our latest podcast episode of the Penny Forward podcast. It's a series of excerpts from last month's financial sense call. We don't do this with every call, but last month, uh, everybody who attended helped us to record a podcast where we talked about dealing with setbacks. And at Penny Forward, we believe that uh, working towards goals by investing in yourself or investing your money and saving your money is a really important thing to do 
but it can take a really long time and there can be lots of bumps along the road. And there are some good tips and tricks in that call and in that podcast episode uh, about how to deal with setbacks. So uh, please go and take a listen to that. And I hope you enjoy it. That's at pennyforward.com slash podcast. Do I detect a theme here? I do because I made it up. Um, so you can, uh, you can check that out in two weeks on May 3rd. And I really hope that everybody, maybe not everybody's excited as excited about this as I am, but uh, I'm super excited about this. I just can't tell you enough how excited I am in two weeks on May 3rd on the Penny Forward podcast, we will be interviewing Star Trek's first blind actor. His name is Bruce Horak, and he will be appearing as the character Hammer, a blind engineer in the new Star Trek series, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which premieres on May 5th, just two days after his interview is released on the Penny Forward podcast um, on Paramount+. Plus. Bruce has been blind from a very early age due to retinoblastoma. And he has been a composer, musician, painter. Uh, He's got about 10% of his vision remaining after his uh, retinoblastoma treatments. Um, Actor and writer for the last 25 years. And much of the work that he has produced has had themes related to vision loss perspective and uh, perseverance. So I'm really excited about him because while I'm a huge Star Trek fan, and we do talk about that for just a few minutes during the uh, two-part episode uh, interview that we do with Bruce in the month of May, we talk a lot about his other work and uh, just about what he thinks about the experience of, of being blind and being an artist, and being a traveler through life. He calls himself a hobo sapien because he has basically been uh, traveling around uh, performing since 2010, so uh, a long, long time. And he just was a really, really cool guy. Um, Very, very warm, very friendly, and uh, we really enjoyed interviewing him. So uh, I I hope that uh, you will... Subscribe to the Penny Forward podcast and uh, take a listen to that. It's going to be really great. Uh, Again, that's at pennyforward.com slash podcast. Um, In March, right about the time we had our March ACB community call, we were in the process of launching Penny Forward's online community. This is a community uh, that offers a few different things. I, I talked about them briefly at the beginning of the call, and I'll talk about them again because they're, they're great and they're going to get even better. Uh, we have a series of self-paced online courses, starting with uh, one that we released during tax season called Taking on Taxes. We're in the process of finishing up our second course, Concerns About Credit, uh, which will be coming out before June 1st. Uh, So you'll get access to those. You'll also get access to weekly members-only group chats. Uh, These are chats sort of like these uh, community calls, but more often. 
and a little bit less formal. We get together uh, with uh, people who are, are taking the courses or, uh, you know, you don't even have to take the courses. You just, just have to be a member. And uh, we have a few conversation starters that we throw out at the beginning of each chat. But really, we let you guide the discussions and uh, discuss any, any money uh, or career matters that are important to you um, and get advice from your fellow members and from myself and other people that might be on the call. And finally, we provide access to one-on-one financial and career coaching. If you are struggling with your path to success financially or in your career, uh, by joining, you can get access to uh, give me a call and see if maybe I can help you through whatever might be troubling you. And it's not just me. We're going to be bringing on other coaches in the future. But uh, um, right now, you would probably be lucky enough to get to, to, to talk to me directly. Um, we also offer early access to the Penny Forward podcast. Um, you can, of course, listen to the podcast for free. But uh, by joining uh, for $9 a month or $99 a year, in addition to all of those other things I mentioned, you will get access to every Penny Forward podcast episode two days early. Um, kind of like Patreon, but a little different. Um, and uh, we also offer other uh, membership benefits, including recordings of other events where we might be presenting, such as this one. Uh, a library of all of that stuff uh, is, is available um, to, uh, to any penny forward member. Um, and if you, uh, if you are successful in doing something great as a part of your penny forward membership, you too could be featured as a guest on the penny forward podcast. We want to tell your success stories. And, uh, the best way for us to do that is to get to know you. And the best way for you for us to get to know you is for you to become a member of our community. And, and uh, uh, we're, we're hoping to help you and you might just get a chance to help others along the way too. So uh, I think it's pretty neat. And I hope uh, that some of you will be inspired to sign up as a result of this call. Now on to the topic for this week. The topic for this month rather is seasonal budgeting. It is spring, at least here in Minnesota, where I live. Uh, when I left on a trip last week, it was snowing outside the airplane window when we lifted off. And when we got home uh, early this morning, well, it was cold, but uh, today it was 57 degrees out. So spring is in the air here. And uh, with those changes of season come changes to our budget. And we want to talk a little bit about how to stay on budget through these seasonal changes. For example, you might have, depending on what state you're living in, you might have been running your heat all winter long. And if you're like us, your heat bill is mostly constant throughout the winter months. Uh, this year has been a little bit abnormal because of the uh, inflation that we're 
living through right now. Uh, our, our heat bills are, are going up real fast. Um, but uh, at least for us, that has really been an issue in the last, oh, I would say month or two, not throughout the whole winter. Typically, our winter heat bills are pretty constant from about November through probably March or April or so. And then things change. And for a while, we don't have a heat bill at all. And we might be able to open up the windows and, and enjoy the fresh air. And then the sum, summer months come around. And instead of paying for heat, we end up paying for air conditioning. Now, we've gotten ourselves to the point where our air conditioning bill costs about the same as our heat bill. How convenient is that? Um, so uh, we get a few months off of paying those bills from April through maybe June, maybe July if we're lucky. And then July, August, and September, we end up paying a lot in, uh, in air conditioning bills, but it, it ends up be about, being about the same as what we pay for heat. And I'm going to talk about exactly how you, how you keep these, these bills down in just a second. Then we get a break again during the fall for a little while maybe the end of September and the beginning of October. And uh, then we got to turn the heat back on because it starts to cool down. So the cycle continues. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe eight months out of the year, we're paying for heater air conditioning and the other four months out of the year, we're paying for nothing for those bills. Now that's really nice. It gives us a nice break. It feels like we have a little bit of extra money left over. But one of the things that we do with that money is we put it into a savings account. Um, so we don't spend it right away. We put it into a savings account because we might use it for something during the summer uh, that, uh, that we wouldn't otherwise be able to pay for if we didn't have that savings set aside. So we plan ahead. But I said I was going to talk about how to keep the air conditioning bill down and uh, here are some tips about that. Uh, one of the first and easiest things you can do to keep your air conditioning bills down is during the, during the sunniest parts of the day, keep your windows covered. This can be as easily done as closing your curtains or your blinds. In the morning, you do that on the east side of your house when the sun is coming up to keep the sun from shining in. In the evening, you close the curtains or the blinds on the west side of the house. When the sun is going down, it's shining in the, the west side windows if you have any. And during the day, uh, the sun might be shining in the southern windows of your house if you have windows on the south. Um, so you just uh, you keep your, you keep your windows covered. But you don't have to keep them all covered. It doesn't have to be dark and dreary in your house or anything. Just keep the ones covered that the sun is shining into. Because uh, that sun, uh, when it goes through our window glass, if we have the air conditioning on, 70%, 76% of the sunlight that's coming through our windows comes into our house as heat. And that makes our air conditioners have to run all that much faster. Now, you can do one step better. 
And this works whether you have the windows open or the windows closed. There are things called solar screens. These are basically white uh, or very reflective colored mesh. So it's got little holes in it like a window screen that you put on the outside of your windows. And it's best to put these on the east and west sides of your house if you have east and west sides because that is where you're going to get the strongest sunlight in the morning when the sun is coming up in the east and it's at a very low angle, it's going to be shining right in the windows. And in the evening when it's going down, it's going to be at a very low angle. It's going to be shining right in the windows. So putting these solar uh, screens on your windows will reflect a lot of the sunlight away without darkening the room significantly and uh, will keep your rooms a lot cooler. And that works whether you have the windows open or closed because you can put these solar screens over the outsides of the windows. It keeps the heat from even reaching the glass parts. And because the solar screens have holes in them, they act like window screens, um, they, uh, uh, they keep the heat out. Another way that you can do this is by putting uh, uh, films on your windows. These are... Uh, these are kind of stick on things that you put on your windows and they have a reflective surface on them. That's kind of silvery and they reflect a lot of the sunlight away. And sometimes they put a little tint on your window. uh, So it may darken it up a little bit, but uh, mostly the purpose is to reflect away that sunlight before it comes into your home as heat. Again, putting these on the East side of your house and on the West side of your house is a way to keep the uh, to keep the sunlight down and and uh, um, you know keep your uh, keep your air conditioner running as as little as possible. Um, if you're lucky enough to own your own home and you have the time to wait for this, you can also plant trees. Uh, shade trees can really really help keep our conditioning bills down, but that can take a real long time. And these, uh, the solar screens or, or window films are something that are cheap and easy to do and, and something you can do right away. Um, service your air conditioner. This doesn't have to be done by a professional. Although if you're uncomfortable with doing, doing it yourself, you know, you can bring a professional out for about a hundred bucks and uh, they'll come and do it for you and make sure everything is running. But this can be as easy as changing your filter. If you have a central air conditioner, that is the same filter as your furnace filter. If you have something like a window air conditioner or an in-wall air conditioner, uh, it will still have a filter, but it will be um, part of the unit itself. Filters are really inexpensive and they're pretty easy to take out and, and stick back in. They usually just slide out, slide back in. So just about any of us can do it. Um, by making sure that you change the filter often, especially if you have pets, like guide dogs, cats, whatever, any, any furry pets, changing this filter like once a month can uh, make uh, a big dent in your air conditioning bills and also will make your house feel cooler because a clogged filter will restrict airflow 
making your air conditioner have to work that much harder to air condition in your house. And, uh, and uh, you'll also start to notice it because uh, that air movement um, is part of what makes us feel cool. We'll talk about that in a second when we talk about fans. Um, so the other things that you can do to service your air conditioner, and again, these are all true, whether it's central air or a, or a, a window or wall unit, is make sure that the air conditioner itself is clean. Um, this can be as simple as spraying it down with a hose, but you want to make sure that anywhere where there uh, are air vents or air intakes, that they're not plugged with leaves or other kinds of debris. And then air conditioners also have coils or radiator fins on them. And you want to make sure that those coils or radiator fins are clean also because they won't, they won't work as well if they're dirty. At the same time, you can check to see if any of them are bent because they won't work as well if they're bent. And again, you can do this yourself um, and you can also uh, pay someone to come in and do it for you if, uh, if you just don't feel comfortable. But give it a try. It's, it's uh, really pretty simple stuff. Um, and uh, most of my air conditioner maintenance at home uh, is just spraying it down with the hose in the, in the springtime and making sure that the leaves are cleared all the way from from around the, the uh, air conditioner unit. All right. I said I was going to talk about fans, so let's transition on to fans. If you have ceiling fans or can install ceiling fans, they are really great for keeping us cool, um, whether you're running the air conditioner or not. But uh, it can be good, uh, especially to have ceiling fans if you want to turn off the air conditioner and uh, just try to keep the house as cool as possible or the apartment um, without paying the uh, ex- exorbitant uh, air conditioner bills. Fans are a lot cheaper to run. Um, some tricks for using fans appropriately, though, and some of these I didn't know. If you have a multiple-story house, like a two-story house, keep your windows closed on the upper floor and run the ceiling fans upstairs but open the, the uh, windows on the lower floor. This allows, um, this allows air to circulate throughout the whole house. And the reason that this works is that uh, if you have the fans open in the rooms, uh, if, I'm sorry, if you have the windows open in the rooms where the fans are, um, then the fans will move air in from the outside. Whereas if you keep the windows closed in the rooms where the fans are, the fans will be pulling air from other cooler rooms in the house, like the cooler rooms on the lower level, because uh, I think we've all heard by now that heat rises. So this is a trick I didn't know about, and, and uh, I'm going to give this a try and see how this works. But even if you have a one-story house or an apartment, you can still use the same trick. Run fans on one side of your house, maybe on like the hot side of your house, the south side or the east side or the west side where the, where the sun is shining in and keep those windows closed and keep the curtains over them or the blinds down. On the north side of the house or the, the shady side of the house, whatever that is, 
open the windows over there and you don't have to run fans there. Just, uh, uh, just run the fans in the, uh, in the warm side of the house. Again, this will help to pull some of that cool air throughout the entire house instead of, uh, instead of just uh, pulling air in from the windows where uh, the windows might be, uh, they might have sunlight coming in from them and it might be actually making the room hotter. Uh, another thing that you can do is uh, if you have floor fans or box fans that you put in windows, put some of them in so that they blow air out, out the window. And then on the other end of the house or the other end of the apartment, put some in so that they blow air in from the window so that they're sucking air in from outside and blowing it through the house. So again, on one side of your house, put a fan in pointing out so that it's sucking air out from the inside of the house and blowing it out the window. And then on the other end of the house, put a fan in that's pointing the other way. So it's sucking air in from outside and blowing it into the house or the apartment. This will also help to move air through the house and uh, keep it a lot cooler. I discovered this in my college dorm room when I was uh, about 18 or 19 years old. And it wasn't my college dorm room. I went into a friend's college dorm room where she had set up two fans. There were two windows, one on each side of the room. She had set up two fans this way. And her room was about 20 degrees cooler than my room. And I was amazed by what a difference it made. So I've done this for years, ever since I've discovered that. Other things you could do to keep the heat bills down. You can install a smart thermostat. And it turns out that a smart thermostat can also be an accessible thermostat. There's some really great options now. Amazon has just come out with one in the last few months under their Amazon Basics brand. It works with uh, your uh, A-Lady devices, whose names I will not say because if I said them, they'll all go off and and do strange things. And We all know how that works. Uh, there's also another brand that I've heard good things about from people called Ecobee, um, which works with uh, A-Lady and Google and Siri. So um, you have your choice. And uh, those will uh, allow you to accessibly control the temperature in your home. But they will also do smart things like turn your air conditioner down so it's not working as hard when you're not there. Um, so uh, I like, highly recommend that. And, and uh, you can even sometimes install those in apartments or condos if, if you have them. Uh, you may want to talk to your uh, apartment management company about doing that if you're going to do it in an apartment, but uh, it, it's a pretty easy, um, it's a pretty easy change to make. And, and uh, often they will accommodate you if you have one that you want to have installed, they'll do it for you or, or they'll let you do it yourself. As long as you restore the apartment to um, the same condition that you leave left it in uh, or that you found it in when you moved in. Uh, this maybe seems kind of obvious, but it kind of is important to mention here. Stoves and ovens get hot. So in the summer months, don't use the stove and oven when you're cooking. 
Microwave is okay. You can grill outside. Uh, there's lots of good cold foods out there, cold soups, cold sandwiches. Um, I love fried chicken when it's cold. Lots and lots of good meals that you can eat that uh, don't require cooking indoors. And uh, that can save you a bunch of money because you're not paying for the electricity or the gas of running the stove or the oven. And if you're running the stove or the oven, you're not only paying for the electricity or the gas to run the stove or the oven, but you're also paying for the electricity to cool down the house after you've heated it up with the stove or the oven. So keep that in mind. But if you do have to use the stove or the oven, uh, then turn on the exhaust fan in your kitchen. That's the, the fan above the stove. Turn that on when you're cooking and for a little while afterwards, because it'll suck that hot air out of your, uh, out of your house and uh, keep it cooler. Same thing in the bathroom. If you take a shower, run the exhaust fan and then leave it on for a little while after to get that warm, moist air out of the house. Um, that way your air conditioner doesn't have to work as hard to, to cool that down and take the humidity out. Um, there's other things that you can do uh, along these lines. You can, you can avoid using the dryer when you wash your clothes. Washing your clothes in cold water, by the way, is, is uh, a really good, easy way to save money, no matter what season you're in. And uh, most of the time, it's also safer, uh, easier on your clothes, keeps the colors um, from fading as much. So uh, try to try to use cold water as, mu as much as you can. But in the summer months, you also might be able to dry your clothes on a line rather than in the dryer. So if you got a clothesline outside, some people like to do that. Um, my uh, my family, when I was growing up, we uh, we dried all of our clothes outside, and uh, clothes that clothes that dry outside on a clothesline smell amazing. I don't know what it is but they do. It's pretty great. But if you don't have a clothesline outside, you can always buy a, uh, a rack. Um, th these are basically uh, freestanding things. Some of them are on wheels even, so you can cart them around and uh, hang your clothes on it. As long as they're not in a closet, as long as they're out somewhere where, uh, where there's air movement around them uh, in the summer months, they will dry pretty fast and uh, they won't stink. And uh, that can be a way to save you a bunch of money. Um, and incidentally, a hot dryer kind of does the th same thing as a hot stove. It, uh, it can heat up the inside of your house. Um, and then your air conditioner just has to cool it down. Um, do make sure, though, that your dryer vent, if, you're, if you are going to use your dryer, make sure that your dryer vent is clean. Um, because your dryer vent is the way that the hot air that's in the dryer um, exits your house. So if your dryer vent is not clean, your dryer is going to run harder or longer to get the clothes dry, but it's also going to be pushing more hot and hot air into your house. And then your air conditioner is going to just have to cool that air down. So, uh, uh, it's, it's well worth getting a, a dryer vent cleaning once in a while, or just stick your, uh, 
stick your vacuum cleaner hose in there and, and clean it out. Um, if you have a basement, hang out there. Hot air rises and basements are nice and cool in the summer. So uh, definitely, definitely like basements. Um, there's a ton of other things that we can do to save money. Um, there are sales that come up during the summer, all kinds of holidays. And, you know, stores love to have sales during the holiday months. So there's things like electronics, outdoor furniture, appliances, and for some reason, mattresses that uh, you can buy cheaper in the summer because they're on sale. So look for sales uh, at Memorial Day, Mother's Day, Father's Day, the 4th of July, Labor Day, back to school time. All of these times are, uh, are times when things are on sale. And uh, so if you plan ahead and you wait for something that you were going to buy anyway and you buy it on sale, that can be a way that you can save money in the summer. Um, another thing that can kind of ruin our budget in the summer that, uh, that we need to keep track of though, is summer vacations. This is travel. This is travel to conventions. It's travel to family and friends. It's just travel because the kids are out of school and, and, uh, you have time to go as a family. Um, whatever the reason vacations can be real budget busters, but they don't have to be. Um, because you just have to plan ahead. Um, search for. Uh, sorry, I just lost my place in my notes here. Let me let me fix that. So plan ahead. Um, look for deals way way ahead of time. If you think you're going to travel in the summer, maybe look for deals in the winter. You can use lots of different sites like. Hotels.com, Booking Buddy, Google Flights. We've talked about this before uh, to find those great deals and uh, book them ahead of time. And don't, I would say, don't shop around trying to find the lowest price because that can kind of come back to bite you in the end. Find a price that you can afford and then book it at the time that you have found a price that you can afford. An example of that is right now. Um, if you had booked uh, flights for, uh, let's say, Omaha uh, last year sometime, those flights would have been pretty cheap. Now, because of the environment we're living in, fuel prices are uh, going up. There's a lot more people traveling, so there's a lot more of a demand. So uh, prices for flights are are a lot higher than we would want them to be. So uh, if you would set that money aside by just booking those tickets early, uh, you might've saved money. But if you were kind of just waiting for, for, for the price to drop even more, and then you could lose out. Using credit card rewards. This is controversial and this doesn't work for everybody. So I just want to say here that um, credit cards can be a very powerful tool for those who are able to use them uh, safely. 
And by using them safely, uh, I have the following suggestions. Don't use credit cards to buy things unless they were things you were going to buy anyway. And um, I really suggest that if you're going to use credit cards, use them for things like like the subscription bills that you have to pay every month anyway. Um, Not the ones that change, not like your heating bill or your electric bill, but things that stay the same from month to month to month. Your internet bill, your, uh, your TV bill, your streaming services, audible.com, all of these kinds of things where you, you know what the amount is and it never changes or it changes very rarely. Put those on a credit card and then set up that credit card to auto pay every month. So you're paying off this, the full amount the full statement balance every month. To me, this is the best way to use a credit card, especially if, if, uh, uh, if you're trying to build credit. And the reason is, is that um, we want to use credit as sparingly as possible, and we want to make sure that we pay uh, our credit card bills on time every time. Because if we don't, the banks are going to find out about it, and it's going to ruin our credit credit score. But... Credit scores aren't the the, uh, subject of this talk. Um, The subject of this talk is using credit card rewards to save money on your summer vacations. So a lot of credit cards these days give you rewards in the form of airline miles or points for stays at hotels or even cashback rewards. And uh, if we use credit cards to pay for things that we were going to pay for anyway, and we pay those back on time, then uh, it's basically a way of earning those points, um, which then we can use for things that, again, we, we wanted to do, but we didn't need to do. So as an example, uh, you might be able to earn enough to, uh, to get a couple free nights at a hotel based on your credit card points. Or if you have enough airline miles, you could get enough uh, airline miles to fly somewhere for free. Maybe not your whole family, but maybe yourself. And, and uh, you know, you only have to pay tickets for uh, the other three members of your family. And that can really, that kind of savings can really add up over time. So uh, credit card rewards can be very helpful for people. Um, but if you don't feel comfortable using a credit card or you have had bad experiences with credit cards in the past, uh, another way that you can do this is by saving your extra change. Anytime you spend money, every time you spend a dollar, maybe put 20 cents or so away into uh, some kind of savings. I used to do this by just emptying my spare change out of my pocket every day after, uh, after paying for lunch at the work cafeteria. And uh, I would just do that like I had a Tupperware bowl on my dresser. So uh, I would put uh, the Tupperware bowl on my dresser. I would put the spare change in there every night till the Tupperware bowl got filled to the top. And we're talking like a popcorn bowl here. So it was a big bowl. When that thing got filled to the top, it was uh, a couple hundred dollars in there. And uh, that can pay for a couple nights at a hotel. Um, so it, it can definitely be worth 
taking the extra time to do it. But uh, if you if you can explicitly make sure to, to uh, every time you get paid, put away 20 cents from every dollar that you got paid into savings um, into a, a separate account or something like that, you can even, even have thousands of dollars at the end of the year that can help you to pay for your summer trips or other things that might come up. Um, if you want to use a rewards credit card, search for best rewards credit cards, usually put in the year. Um, and there will be reputable sites like Bankrate, maybe NerdWallet, um, that will uh, give you reviews of some of the rewards cards out there and uh, what what kinds of things you can earn rewards for and what kinds of things you can earn rewards on because some of them uh, will uh, will give you, for example, five cents back for every dollar you spend on groceries, but maybe only two cents back for every dollar you spend on other things. Well, then, you know, maybe you want to use that card to buy groceries. So it, it pays to uh, to pay attention to not only what's the best rewards card, but what's the best rewards card for you and the things you spend money on and the things that you want to use those rewards for. Um, other things that you can do to save money, go somewhere that's kind of uh, a non-traditional place that's maybe on the off season. Go to Florida in the summer. Not a lot of people go to Florida in the summer, but Florida is nice in the summer. It's hot. And uh, when it's hot, you can have lots of fun at water parks, um, go and swim in the ocean. Uh, You know, lots of, lots of things, uh, lots of things you can do in Florida for a lot less money in the summer than you can, can uh, during the winter. Um, You can eat more cheaply by, finding a hotel that's got a the kitchen or at least a fridge and a microwave and uh, going to the store and picking up a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, lunch meat, sandwich fixings, stuff you can throw in the microwave. So maybe you have breakfast in your hotel room. Maybe you have dinner in your hotel room. Uh, maybe you bought snacks ahead of time and uh, you have those in your hotel room. So uh, you don't need to, buy them at um, wherever you might be going that day. Like, uh, you know, buying, buying snacks at Disney world is going to be a lot more expensive than uh, carrying your own snacks. If you can. Um, another thing that you can do that can save you a lot of money is buying food to go. It's fun to go and eat at a restaurant, sit down, enjoy the atmosphere. However, that also means that you got to pay a tip to the waiter or waitress and uh, you might be tempted to buy dessert or you might be tempted to buy an alcoholic beverage um, buying food to go and then taking it somewhere and eating it as a picnic or maybe eating it in your hotel room if you're an introvert like me and you just at the end of the day kind of want to sit down and watch some episodes of the big bang theory before you go to bed um, can be a way to keep your budget down. Alcohol. If you're going out to drink, just drink. Eat somewhere else. 
If you're going out to eat, just eat. Don't buy alcoholic drinks, buy sodas, lemonade, whatever. This can save you a bunch of money because alcohol can be quite expensive. And uh, if you are like me, uh, when you're eating a lot, you're uh, drinking a lot faster. So those very expensive alcoholic drinks go down real fast. Whereas if you drink them by themselves, you're going to be more inclined to sip. Um, so that's, uh, that's just that, you know, alcohol uh, can really add um, expense to your, to your bill. Uh, vacation with friends or family. Doing things as a group can really save you money. You can rent uh, uh, an Airbnb as a group. Uh, you can cook meals together. You can entertain each other. Uh, you know, all these things are, are really great, great ways to, uh, to make a vacation better and also make it cheaper. Other things we can talk about, taking a cruise. Again, cruises in the summer, maybe kind of an off-season thing, um, unless we're talking Alaska. Um, so you might be able to save money. Other thing about cruises is they're a fixed price. Usually food and, and beverages and stuff are all included on, on board ships. So uh, uh, that can really help you to stay in your budget and just save enough so that you can afford the cruise and, and you're good. Um, you can save money by picking cruise lines that have recently experienced bad news, such as a, uh, a norovirus outbreak or uh, a mechanical failure or something. You know, they'll, they'll straighten that stuff out, but if they've just had something bad occur in the media, they're, they're not going to have as many people signing up. So you may be able to get a deal there. Um, All-inclusive re- resorts are a little bit similar in this way and, um, and uh, you know, can have some of the same advantages. I want to transition away from traveling because I'm running out of time. Um, but there's some ways to make extra money during the summer that I want you to consider also. Um, and then I want to hopefully uh, leave the last uh, five, seven minutes or so for us to, to get some of your tips and tricks. Um, walk dogs. If you know your neighborhood real well, uh, there's an app called Rover. You can earn 20 bucks an hour walking people's dogs. Um, and if you don't do it on Rover, maybe you just let your, your, uh, neighbors know that you can go and take their dog for a walk and, uh, you know, charge them about 20 bucks an hour. It's a good way to keep in shape too. be outside, play with dogs. A lot of good things about walking dogs. Um, incidentally, if you have a place where you can do it, you can make more than that by, um, offering to board people's dogs at your home while you're, while they're away. If you're a guide dog handler, um, you know, be careful about this. You want to know the dogs that you're boarding, um, to just keep your guide dog safe. Or if you have a pet dog, you know, same deal, but, uh, that, that can be a way to, uh, make even more money. You can house sit. Um, people will often pay you if they're going on vacation to stay at their house, get their mail, take their trash out, water the flowers, things like that. Um, 
there is a uh, um, there is a site called care.com where you can set up a profile and, and do this for people. Um, but even, even without that, uh, letting your friends know that you're willing to do that, uh, you know, and, and, um, and, uh, asking them to book you for house sitting gigs can be a way to, uh, earn extra money because they want to go on vacation during the summer too. Testing products at home. This is a cool idea. I love this. You can get companies to send you products for free so that you review them. One of those companies is called Pinecone Research, and they'll also pay you to fill out surveys. Um, But not only can you test their products and uh, sign up or or, and and review them um, for money, you can get access to products for free that you could then set up a blog or a YouTube channel or a podcast and review those products for yourself. And if you like them, you could set up like affiliate links from Amazon or somewhere um, to uh, make a little bit of extra money selling those products. Um, And there's lots of people that want to know whether certain products are accessible. So uh, this could be a great way to let people know about what kinds of accessible products there are out there and, and get paid for it at the same time. Uh, you could become a virtual assistant. There are small businesses that want people that will respond to emails, post things on social media, uh, post things to blog or just blogs or just respond to comments on blogs um, or answer the phones once in a while. And uh, you can make starting out 20 bucks an hour doing this from your home. And once you become experienced and really good at it, you can uh, be making as much as 30 bucks an hour. Um, there are some online courses that teach you how to do this. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's certainly worth checking out. Um, of course you can have garage sales. If you're like us in Minnesota, people do that during the summer. Selling anything, electronics, jewelry, old clothes, kids stuff. When your kids grow out of stuff or stop playing with toys, you can get rid of all that stuff, get rid of the clutter and make a little bit of extra money. I think we made about $900 on the last garage sale we had. So that can be a big deal. All right. Um, I think I covered all the stuff that I wanted to cover. There was a lot of stuff I left out too, but I want to leave a little bit of time for you to uh, give us your tips. And I want you to make it fast because we're going to be off of ACB radio in eight minutes, but Mo, can you give everybody the information about how they can unmute and, and share their tips? I certainly can. So to raise your hand on a computer, it is alt Y on a Mac. It is uh, options Y. And then on your phone, if you're using an app, it would be under the more menu and, You'll just swipe till you hear raise hand, and it is star nine on a normal um, dial phone. And I don't think I heard any hands go up. I, yeah, I didn't either. But uh, if you want to throw something out uh, at the end here, um, please do. I know I threw out a ton of stuff. I kind of had uh, I, I kind of went crazy doing research for this because it was kind of a fun topic for me. So. 
<laughs> I uh, I think maybe I uh, overdid it a little bit. Maybe could could be. <laughs> I'll try not to do that in the future. But it was it was really fun. Um, while we're waiting uh, for people to raise their hands, by the way, after we drop off ACB Radio at the, at uh, the thirty minute mark, we will stick around here. And uh, for another half hour, and this is a, uh, a time where we can uh, talk a little bit more informally. You can ask questions that maybe you don't want streamed or make comments that maybe you don't want streamed on ACB media. Uh, so know that that is available to you. I, I do want to let you know, though, that um, we are going to be discontinuing that and we are going to starting in the month of May. Uh, we are going to drop the calls down to one hour. So we'll be getting rid of that uh, extra half hour at the end. So uh, use it use it while we have it this month. Um, any hands raised? I'm, I didn't hear any, but uh, that doesn't mean that I didn't miss something. I have not heard any either. Do you have any summer savings tips, Mo? Uh, well, you covered a lot of stuff. Oh, we have, I assume it's Beth. I already named her 505. Um, I was going to say that I do a lot of the um, laundry tips that you already covered. So. <laughs> but Beth, go ahead and unmute and it's star six. Hi, Beth. Hello, Chris. How are you? Hi. Um, do you work with any people with any other disabilities besides blind people? Um, I can. I may not always be the best person, uh, depending on what the disability is, because, uh, you know, I know blindness. I'm blind myself. Um, oh, yes, I understand that. Yeah, but I'm, I'm uh, certainly willing to talk with people and uh, see if, if I'm the right person. And if I'm not, I'll help, uh, I'll help them find the right person. Because my daughter had said that she has a, a hard time understanding those ABLE accounts because, well, I guess they have fees and stuff like that. And I don't know. She says they're they're just really hard for her to understand, you know. So she can't even help me set up one. And um, also, do you have a phone number that I could get in touch with? I don't have any email. I do have a phone number. I'll give it out right now. It is... 888-332-5558. Okay, 332-5558. Yes. Um, okay, uh, right now I don't have any tips to, to save money, but I am over 60 and, um, well... I know this is for the next generation, but uh, so is there any tips you have for like the people around 60 in order to to save money? No. Well, I think a a lot of the tips that I already shared are, are pretty, pretty appropriate for anybody of any age. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of that anyway. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But I didn't know about those screens. And I'm going to tell my daughter about those two. And also, yeah, you know, I... um, we do have one more hand, Beth, um, to get to before we go. Yeah, 
Um, stay I'll on, see, Beth, because yeah. we yeah we can we can talk a little bit afterwards. Who else is up? Okay. We have Cheryl. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, Chris. How are um, you? Good, good. You were talking about cruises, and I just wanted to make a comment. You can make payments for those. You don't have to pay them all at once. And oh, they thank have you. a deadline, so you can um, always make uh, payments. So, yeah, it's about a month before your cruise that it has to be paid off. You know, like you can make it years, you know, a couple of years in advance. Or I know we have one coming up in, in 2023, you know, in December. No, October. And, uh, you know, we just make payments. We're on our sixth cruise. And that's. Oh, okay. Well, we make a deposit on it and then mm-hmm. you can uh, do payments. And I just wanted to make that comment, you know, for anybody who was interested in cruises. Thanks, Cheryl. That That sure. is helpful. Yeah. Sure. Cruises are great. Um, they are. Annie, uh, I think, is it Annie? Yes, Annie it is. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yay. Okay. Um, so since Cheryl brought up payments, I wondered if you could talk a little bit more about, because I know that there have been programs that I have done coaching and whatever that people say, well, if you pay like the $500 all up front for whatever package you save more than if you do a payment plan, uh, can you speak to that? Yes, I can agree or disagree. Well, it, 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 it's almost always true. There's payment plans are, um, are a convenience. And for that convenience, you know, whether you're making payments on a credit card or whether you're making payments to a cruise company or whatever, uh, they, they may charge you a fee um, that we call that typically interest. Um, and uh, essentially what they're doing is they're giving you a loan. Now that's not always going to be true. There's going to be uh, there's going to be times where those fees are going to be minimal, um, but it's at least cert- something to to check into to make sure that when you're making a payment plan uh, that you understand what the kinds of fees or what kind of interest you're going to be charged. Um, and and you know if that's the only way you can do it, and you know how long you're going to be making those payments for, and you believe you can afford it that way. Um, by all means do that. I, I fully support that, but, uh, be aware of what the trade-offs, um, what trade-offs you might have, uh, by, by doing that. Cause there probably are going to be some, it does make sense because in the end it all costs the same. Yeah. Yeah. And to pay a one-time payment actually is one less thing you have to worry about later on. Exactly. Next month. Exactly. Uh, We're out of time for ACB Media. So I want to thank everybody for listening there and invite you to go to pennyforward.com and acbnextgeneration.org and uh, all of you on the Zoom. uh, Feel free to stick around for another half hour and we can chat some more.